Welcome to Roger That, a podcast presented by HVAF of Indiana. I'm your host, Lauren Carpenter, and join me as we discuss how HVAF is ending veteran homelessness and how you can join us in our mission. We'll be having conversations with community partners, staff members, and even some of the veterans we serve. We hope sharing more of our story with supporters like you can shine a light and give a voice to this vulnerable population, because no hero should ever be homeless. Today on Roger That, I am so excited to share with you all my conversation with Pamela. So Pam is an Army veteran. She enlisted when she was just 19 years old to follow in her father's footsteps. I first met Pam back in 2019. She was living in one of HVAF's transitional houses, and we were able to set her up with an apartment and connect her with her disability and other benefits that she is able to receive as a veteran. She's doing super well still. She lives in her own house here in Indianapolis and she has lots of goals and plans for her life and including helping veterans who have fallen on hard times and helping them in their time of need just like she received that help back in 2019. So let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Pam. Pam, how are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? Alhamdulillah. Yeah, I'm great. Thank you so much for being here and spending your morning with me. Welcome anytime. anytime. Yeah, you know, we kind of go a while back. I think I first met you in 2019. Yes. Which doesn't feel that long ago, but I think because of the pandemic, I'm like, I met you before COVID. You know, that's a milestone. Yeah, yeah. It just seems like so long ago. And, Mm -hmm. you know, know, we'll get into it more, but I know, you know, when we first met you, you were living in Manchester. Yes. Which is one of our transitional housing um, our apartments is actually connected to this building and uh then um i shared your story because then what maybe nine months later you were in your own apartment i had my own place yeah it it took next to nothing as far as time Mm -hmm. when considering you know how long some do go on a waiting list or what have you so it was just that easy yeah yeah no that's awesome but yeah i'd you know, we want to share that with everyone, you know, how all that worked and kind of where you, where you are now. But first, let's take it back a little bit. You know, when um, when did you, you know, you've served in the Army, which thank you for your service. Oh, you're and welcome. When, when did you enlist? How old were you? I was 19. Okay. Um, so in 1985, I decided to follow in my dad, follow in his footsteps. Um, he has no sons. So um, and being number 21 of 22 kids. Uh, His brothers used to tease him a lot. So I said, well, you know, this is one of those things that I can do something for my dad. So I followed in his footsteps. He was the Army. So did you grow up always planning to join the military? No. (laughs) I really, um, I was young. My dad was in the military. Um, He ETS'd out. out. He got out when I was a bit younger, a baby. Um, but I used to see them like the movies and stuff and be like, yeah, that would be me. I'd be a badass. <laughs> but um, just wanting to do the things that I saw my dad do, hearing some of the things that he used to do in the different places that he's seen, that's something that I wanted to kind of move around. Then. Mm-hmm. I got out of the, I graduated from Arlington High School um, in 84, tried the uh, work thing, uh-huh. 
I didn't want to go back to school. I didn't want to do school any longer. I wanted to actually just try the living out there. Um, but then, like I said, listening to my dad, um, and then my dad uh, doesn't have any sons, so I decided to join the service. I went in down right. They used to have a met station down here in um, downtown. Um, so I went there, signed up. Took my physical and everything. My mom and dad didn't even know it until I actually did my first swearing in and got my letter. And that's what I told my parents. And they were ecstatic. My dad was so happy. Uh, and I left, went to Fulton Club, Alabama, and did my basic in AIT. Mm-hmm. And then my first duty station, I went to Frankfurt, Germany. And mm-hmm. I've seen so many different other places, you know, been to. Korea and back to Germany and for hood. Um, I was truly blessed not to have to get deployed. Mm-hmm. I thank all my sisters and brothers that went over, um, memorialized those that didn't return. Mm-hmm. Um, thankful for those who did. And it just learned the camaraderie, just being with my sisters and my brothers. So I see people as in green and blue. Mm-hmm. more green because of the army but mm-hmm. <laughs> green and blue is my brothers and my sisters and um and i'm so thankful for everyone that we um got to learn got to meet got to see other things other ways of living so it was wonderful yeah. and that's just put me on a on a on a path of knowledge i wanted to learn as much as i as i could so mm-hmm. being a military police officer it helped that i got to see a lot of dynamics and seeing how other people lived and and took care of their families and you know and being in the service is something that that's a good thing too cuz you you get out of your neighborhood you, you get to see other stuff get to um enjoy other cultural foods and and mm-hmm. And objects and different things that they do so that was wonderful yeah and then um you know what was the transition like from once you were in, or how long did you serve i did i technically three years okay but i was um but it goes i i, I got a, a a drop of a couple of years so 10 for real but three actually actually okay mm-hmm. okay yeah so so what was that transition then like from military to then back into civilian life okay that is a great question mm-hmm. because when you when you're in the service you have a certain level like a box i'll mm-hmm. say it's like a box and you do things that you're used to doing you get up you you information you do your military work you get go back to formation and then you go home um and do your life it's like a pattern mm-hmm. so you're used to doing certain things and you know that there's someone you have to answer to mm-hmm. then you get out here into the world and you're like hey <laughs> i was a little sheltered we don't it doesn't always seem that way but you are a little sheltered so coming from military life back into the civilian life it is an adjustment mm-hmm. um when I first got out, I think I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning every morning for about three months, even though I didn't have to because it was just something that I had to get used to not yeah. being in formation. Um, and then you also have uh, that you 
have other rules that you have to follow or that you should follow. So um, having that monthly or biweekly paycheck coming in, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not doing that. You were still working and you was getting paid, but you just, it's a different mindset. So you have to get your mindset to where I'm no longer in the service. I'm now out here, as we say, the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So some military personnel don't always transition as they have been. Um, You go to military installation, you're always going to see bars and things like that. Um, Whereas you know that there's a limit. Mm -hmm. If you you don't answer to your first sergeant, you're going to answer to your company commander, you're going to answer to... So there's a chain of command that you would have to answer to. And you get some that get out here that say, hey, I don't have to answer to anyone. So they kind of fall off. But then you do have those that have that mindset of this is what I was, this is what I'm going to be, and that's it. Some of us have OCD cleaning all the time Mm -hmm. and things like that. But it's it it's a it could be challenging. Once I got out and was back here, as we say in the world, um, taking care of everything, then I kind of ran into a little rough spot, which um, I was very close to homelessness, um, living paycheck to paycheck, and then I had a um, an, a surgery that took me out of work, which had me in the in that zone of being almost homeless and um, was told about HVAF. And Who told you about HVAF? One of the veterans um, was a friend of an uncle of mine, and uh, my uncle was telling him, well, my niece is staying here, and kind of shared a little bit of my story with him, and he says, well, take her to HVAF. And um, I met with Kalisha, and... History was made. Yeah, yeah. So when I, when you met with Kalisha, yes. uh, she is uh, our housing navigator. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess then what were what were the next steps? Um, like how did then we help you after that? So <laughs> my initial meeting with Kalisha um, was a consult. Um, she took all my information, um, made sure that they have space and room available. Um, there are some other. Um, housing areas that HVAF has, um, and I was fortunate to be able to get a single private apartment of my own right here in Manchester, um, and from there, I was assigned a case manager. Um, the, my case manager was, um, oh my goodness. It was Amanda. Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda was so wonderful. She's no longer here in this building um but she was wonderful she helped me with everything that i needed and that that i didn't even know i needed um one good thing about the hvaf case managers no matter who you get they're there for you not Mm -hmm. just a veteran but you the the veteran um so amanda helped me get my um a military benefits uh, mm-hmm. because she helped me get in contact with the right sources so that I can get everything done. So not only did they help me with housing, mm-hmm. um, with all the different volunteer work that others do and support us 
which we that we could not do anything without the supporters. Um, so once they got those things taken care of, I was able to get, like I said, my benefits, health benefits, my military benefits, just everything. Then it went from getting my benefits, my health things together, and we went to the next step, which was looking for places to live, affordable places to live. One thing that I did understand was um, when I, once I came to Manchester, I had up to two years to be able to um, find a place and get established. Thankfully, and with all of God's help, it only took me about nine months. Because when you work the program, the program works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, with us helping get your benefits, what, I guess, was the reason why you weren't able to get them before you came to HVAF? Most of the reasons that I wasn't able to get them were because um, I didn't have all of my information. Um, Mr. Marion clicks. Gail, I will never forget him. He was able to get my medical records from when I was in basic training until the day I ETSed out. So I was able to get some of my medical issues connected with the VA. So um, they saw that some of my issues as far as my knees and back and things were related to my military time. So I was able to get the benefits and get my medical records taken care of. And now the VA is now my health care provider. So that was the one of the biggest things and get those things service connected, which HVAF helped me with that as well. Mm-hmm. So when you come in, they HVAF will help you with a lot. I've known people to help get help with getting their licenses back. Um, helping with job placements. Um, They have this fantastic clothing and food pantry. So if you're on a job hunt, you can get you some clothing items. Even if you're just homeless and have nothing, they still can come in and get that. Tuesdays and Thursdays, you can come in and get food from the pantry with Miss Katie and Miss Elaine helping you with all your other items like that. And everything comes from our supporters. All of the volunteers that donate or whether it's their time, their money, um, food, clothing, just whatever it is. Because I know HVAF couldn't do too much. They can do a lot. They get other things. But the, the monies and the donations and even just especially the time to support us when we're at our lowest in that mid-range and even when we get to our highest points, we we love the support. We need the support from all of the donations that people take their time out to to give to us. Yeah, yeah, it really does mean a lot. And, you know, I know, I think that's something that maybe people who aren't familiar with, you know, veteran homelessness or near homelessness is it's not just black and white. There's a lot of components with it. So, you know, us, you know, we are housing first. So we got you in an apartment. But it wasn't just, okay, we're going to put her in housing and that's it. You know, there's other, there were other things that were missing, like your health benefits and, you know, things like that, that like, then if we didn't help you with that, you probably would have gone back into the cycle. That is so true. That's, uh, that is that revolving door. Mm -hmm. Um, Once, and another thing about once I was able to get the apartment, 
um, HVAF helped with the security deposit, the first month's rent. They, uh, I received a brand new out of the box pillow top mattress uh, bedding sets. Um, They helped with um, other clothing. Um, I had um, household items, dishes, and and lamps and curtains and all kinds of things that we've gotten from the donations that that our supporters help us with. they also make sure that you know we we have all these other resources. There are p- people that come through that have the um, phones and tablets and different things that we will be needing because if if we didn't have that support as reoccurring support support, then yes, you could find yourself right back mm-hmm. out there or nearly out there. And even though I'm not with the housing as far as apartments. I've even been assisted because of COVID when we was going through all of the restrictions. Yeah, They helped pay our rent for us, our utility bills. Um, they were even still making sure we can get food and all those other things. And and it's a lot of the, the financial di- um, donations that that came from the supporters to the, to even just see some of them just sitting outside or, or not willing or wanting or maybe have a, a mental issue to where they don't want to come in. There's still volunteers that take tents and blankets and even food out to them that's in what we call tent city mm-hmm. or just seeing them out there on the street. Their HVAF still are out there doing it they there's people that goes out to people's homes and make sure that they're okay so I don't know uh where some of the veterans would really be if it wouldn't wasn't for HVAF and the supporters and and everything that they do so you always say or people say thank us for our services but we have to thank you guys for your services too. We really appreciate them, and I can't speak for everyone, but mm-hmm. I know from for me in my case, and for my family that were worried about me or making sure you know wanted to make sure I was gonna be fine. It's been such a load off of our shoulders, so yeah. that we can pay it forward. So that's why I come to volunteer. That's why I try to be here for as much as I can because. Mm-hmm. It's a give and take, um, and we just want to appreciate those who do give. Um, so we don't just seem like we're just takers. We we really appreciate them, yeah. everyone. Yeah, definitely. And um, back in 2019, when you got your apartment, I got to be there that day yes. to get video of when you got your keys and you came in. You know, what was that feeling like when you finally got your own place? Oh my goodness, it's it's like. I don't know. It's like a graduation mm-hmm. or uh, a birthday. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I did this. I got this um, with you guys' help. It was so. I cried. I cried. It was. It was so overwhelming. Happy tears, sad tears of. Um, I should have did this sooner or what have you. But mm-hmm. that was like quickly diminished. Of just yes, it was. 
it's it's just a it's a sigh of relief. It's like okay, and then it got not really scary, but it was like okay, you got this now. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it. Let's maintain it. Let's do and use all of the tools that HVAF put me on that path to make sure. And they, it's been wonderful since then. Like I said, I've I've moved twice, so mm-hmm. I've able I was able to evolve into something different and better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I say evolve because I feel like the Venus. I just burnt up and started <laughs> all over, and yeah. it's it's been wonderful. That so s- since getting that apartment, um, I'm now into a a house okay. um, that I'm renting at this moment, and like I said, HVAF helped me as well with with some items that I needed for that. Um, So they don't, like you said, they don't just leave us out there. There are still other resources. Um, I'm blessed. I don't have to have certain um, of the resources, so I'm I'm not really certain of all of the resources, but I know that they have drug and alcohol programs. Mm -hmm. They even have a cooking um, class that you guys are doing right now. And Mm -hmm. all of these things are just just blessings all the way around from everyone that's that's involved. So I don't want anyone to feel like, well, I don't really have anything that I can do or, mm-hmm. you know, well, I, I, I don't have anything. I don't have any money. I don't have anything. That's not what we always need. Sometimes it's just time. Mm-hmm. Some veterans like to have someone to talk with or to mm-hmm. talk to, um, to just come down here or volunteer some time as putting some things away in the food pantry. So you don't necessarily have to have the money to do it, but sometimes it's just a time or just a, a smile, you know, just anything to help. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess what are, you know, next steps for you? What are some goals, plans, dreams that you have for your future? Okay, and once again, HVAF mm-hmm. has uh, helped me with a, um, a program that I'm trying to get into as far as relocation. Um, I know that they do help with relocations and get, help you set up with places in other cities. So that's one of my goals. Um, I'm going to use my VA loan um, that I was told about as far as so that I can um, uh, maybe buy my, purchase me a home. And one of the other resources through HVAF um, is Hutvash. Um, they help you with um, with your financial as far as taking care of your rent. Um, and um, the other resource that I've been using is um, is in with the healthcare. Uh, it's, it's helped me with um, losing my weight. So I have um, some of the other. HVAF uh, employees and workers uh, do walks. So getting into this, that's mm-hmm. one of my other things that I'm trying to establish here. Yeah. So when I relocate, I can take it with me. When I was here in 2019, Amanda and I um, started the garden out in the back. Yeah, so right. we want to, I want to do other things like that. And so that when veterans want and I don't. I say veterans because that's the biggest ones mm-hmm. because of us. But to start like little um, gardens in different areas. So if someone wants a tomato, they can pick a tomato. If they want mm-hmm. strawberries, they're right there. So these are some things that I want to do. And um, so we've. I've been talking with different people. So that's another goal to help the veterans 
once they get established and mm-hmm. be able to help as well because like I said they help seeing the other volunteers and what they do and I'm like okay what are they doing I want to do that too and you have helped me so mm-hmm. many things with telling us about stand downs mm-hmm. and all the other things that they have that that they've been taking care of the HVF HVF HVAF has mm-hmm. taken care of so um that's just a wonderful thing so they're small little term goals, but I hope that they are big enough so when others come and and help because there's some veterans that we do get to meet and we get to learn that I've gotten quite close to quite a few of the other veterans and so we um this place is like a a common area so mm-hmm. that we can learn others and get to be able to learn how to be with others so h v a f has really done wonderful i know a lot of people who will just give us give them the praise if it could be but um i don't know where we will be will be without hvaf without all the supporters without the volunteers and the donations that we get we wouldn't we would just really be out there by ourselves alone and hvaf is just like a a a beacon a light to say hey come we're here we want to help you yeah, what would you say, you know, we we have a lot of veterans, you know, that are out maybe in the tent cities or even if they're just, maybe they are do have a home, but they're, you know, struggling and they don't want to ask for that help because, you know, a lot of veterans, you know, they want to have this um, image of being strong. They don't need that help, mm-hmm. but everyone needs help, you know. So, exactly. so yeah, how, how would you encourage your fellow veterans that are, I guess, maybe scared, hesitant to ask for that help, how would you encourage them just to to come here and ask us for that help? Okay, well, um, I have seen others that um, are here, them say that they're veterans or see that if they're wearing um, an Army logo, the best, or (laughs) Marines or Navy or what have you. Um, And and if I, I don't like to judge anyone, but if I see... Or if I look like they may need a little help, I would say, hey, have you heard about HVAF? Um, and if they haven't, then I can talk for hours. Um, I do it on social media. I stay on Facebook, Instagram, um, anything that I can do to put things out there. I have a lot of different notifications from, like, VTech for, like, um, free tickets to movies and concerts and things like that. It's just I try to use whatever platform that I can, and that's why I'm so thankful for you and everything that you do because you're out there. You're putting HVAF on the map and and just word of mouth. So I would say if you are afraid, call and say I'm calling for a friend. Mm-hmm. You can always blame that friend. <laughs> and um, Or just reach out. It's it is scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. It is afraid. Sometimes it's you, you get afraid to be vulnerable. That's mm-hmm. the that's the worst thing. Because yes, we are taught we are army strong. You don't never hear anyone say we're navy weak or marines are babies. Those aren't what it is. And it yes, we are taught to do it ourselves. We go to the doctor and they say, How are you doing? We say, Oh, we're fine, mm-hmm. but we're not. Or someone will say, hey, how are you doing? We'll say, I'm okay, but we're not. Some struggle from mental issues. Some 
um, struggle from alcoholism or whatever they were doing to try to cope with what their issues were, I say, I'm not going to tell you not to do those things, but still ask. It's maybe just to say, hey, I saw you on Facebook or I, I saw you on, on on a YouTube channel. What can I do? You know, so I say, just just call, just ask, just come right down here, 964 North mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, and come see someone. See some of the veterans that are standing outside and talk to them. Or call someone that you may know that has been through it and just ask. Don't be afraid. I know it's scary, but don't be afraid. My mom used to say, uh, closed mouth can't be fed. So if you want it, you got to ask for it. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, Pamela, for, you know, sharing and, um, you know, spending time with us. And, um, you know, I hope that the listeners, supporters, you know, can just get a little, little bit of a more of a better glimpse of some of the, you know, veterans that they're helping and, and oh, serving. Yes, because when I came into HVAF, I didn't look like this at all. I wasn't looking like a bummy, a bummy person or anything, but getting my peace of mind better, <laughs> getting um, some of the issues off of me that I didn't have to worry about every day has brought me closer into a lot of different things that I'm into now. My family, I get to be around my family as much as possible. My grandchildren comes and stay the night and my children, my daughters come and even be like, hey mom, we're gonna crash over here tonight. That's a wonderful thing. Instead Mm -hmm. of having to couch surf or be here and be there, it's it's everything is in one spot, mm-hmm. and I thank HVAF. I thank all of the volunteers, all of the supporters, anybody that even think about us just to say, "Hey, I'm, I got these clothes in my closet. I'm not doing anything with it. Let me take it to HVAF. It's, they can really use it." So, thank you as well. All right, that wraps up this episode of Roger That. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to Roger That on wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at HVAF of Indiana. And for even more stories on HVAF and the veterans that we serve, check out our blog on our website at hvaf.org. Thank you. And until no hero is homeless, we'll see you next time on Roger That, a podcast presented by HVAF of Indiana.